When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to an emergency edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's the David and Joku emergency edition. I feel like uh, we've done a lot of David and Joku emergency podcasts. In fact, little known fact, and Mary Kay, you can vouch for this, one of our most listened to podcasts, maybe still our most listened to podcast, was the first time David and Joku requested a trade. It was on a holiday weekend, too. It was like July 4th weekend. And uh, we did an emergency David and Joku podcast that day. And now here we are. A couple years later, and David Njoku has agreed to a four-year deal worth up to $56.75 million. He would be among the highest paid tight ends in the league by yearly average. Uh, Mary Kay, this had been coming for a while. The Browns obviously franchised him. You reported earlier this week he was holding out, and and that this was sort of the range that this deal was going to come in at. So, it's not shocking in that sense, but I guess what's your initial reaction to kind of seeing the deal done now and, and seeing the numbers or at least the initial numbers? Well, like you said, I was uh, prepared for this because uh, when I talked to some people uh, the other day and I, uh, you know, I wrote that David Njoku was kind of holding out of OTAs, I knew at that time that they were very, very close on the yearly average. And at that point, it was about $13.75 million a year. Now that number doesn't bother me or shock me the way that it does some other people. Uh, It just doesn't because he is the number one tight end right now. He's the next one to get his extension. And so the next guy up, uh, all of a sudden, it seems like all this money until the guy after him comes along and gets even more. It's kind of like what happened with Amari Cooper, right? I mean, you know, it might've seemed like he was making a lot until the next four or five wide receiver sign their contracts. And this puts David right around number five, uh, the number five paid tight end in the NFL. Really what it is, is it's a projection, okay? This is not money paid for what you've done so far. It's what we think you're going to do over the next four years. So that's basically what it is. And I think um, one of the reasons they feel that way is because he's playing with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Ashley, I think the old adage, especially in moneyball circles, is don't pay for past production. You're you're paying for what you think a player can do. And that's certainly that's certainly what this is. David Njoku, statistically speaking, has not been a $14 million a year tight end, but the Browns obviously believe with Deshaun Watson in the fold that he can become that. Oh, and I mean, I think it was kind of obvious and Mary Kay, I think you wrote this in your story, like they parted ways with Austin Hooper and that's like the sign. Okay. You are our number one guy at this position. And then they franchise him, uh, franchise tag him on top of it. Um, I just think overall, like when we've talked about David Njoku consistently, he's only 25. He's still so young. Like we joke, he feels like he's 21 years old all the time, uh, even though he's been here since 2017 already. Like it's nuts that he has five seasons here under his belt. 
<laughs> and I think when you talk about his age, you talk about the fact that that kind of validates, I think, for the Browns, this belief that he hasn't fully reached his potential yet. And obviously, I think he left the team in touchdown catches last year. We've joked that he's the true number two receiver. And Deshaun Watson in Houston, you know, historically used his his tight ends pretty well. So I just think, like you said, Dan, this is truly a a contract based on the potential for future performance. And now it's, it's time for him to prove that he can be that like George Kittle type of, of tight end that teams are searching for. So th- this is the bet they're making. This is from Warren Sharp on Twitter, uh, David and Joku in 2021, number two in EPA per attempt, number two in yards after catch per catch, number four in yards per catch, number 16 in catch percentage. Those were all career highs. But then, of course, he notes that the volume was not there. And those are efficiency numbers, so that efficiency was. We know Deshaun Watson uses tight ends. We actually saw that up close and personal on Wednesday when we were there. There were a lot of throws to tight ends. Uh, Bill O'Brien during Deshaun Watson's best years, a lot of 12 personnel. So that's... Those numbers that Warren Sharp tweeted out are essentially, Mary Kay, what the Browns are betting on, that those, given a higher sample size, won't that, – that's what he is. It's just the, the, the volume hasn't been there. Absolutely, 100%. And you, you guys know that I've been saying this uh, consistently since before last season uh, that I have long believed that David Njoku has the ability – Uh, to be an eight touchdown a year tight end. And I really think a thousand yard tight end and somewhere in the, you know, whatever, 60 catches range, 70 potentially, if they use him and target him. Um, But in order for that to happen, he was going to have to get those targets. Well, when they got rid of Austin Hooper, I mean, now he is that number one tight end. So not only is he moving up into that role, but um, which he hasn't been in that role for a, a long time since 2018. So not only is he doing that, but he's getting the ball from Deshaun Watson. And you could just see it in the one day of practice that we watched this week that uh, it doesn't matter if you're a tight end, a running back or a wide receiver, the ball coming from Deshaun Watson, uh, you're going to get a lot of production if you are catching the ball this year. That's just how it's going to go. And I actually think that he probably will get the second most targets on the team this year behind Amari Cooper. I think the chances are are pretty good unless maybe like a David Bell really comes along very, very quickly. Uh, It just seems to me like he's slated uh, to have the opportunity to live up to not only his first round draft status, but this almost $14 million a year deal. Yeah, Ashley, it's, you know, it's, Sometimes we see this guys, when the volume increases, the production doesn't match, right? It sort of yeah. exposes that maybe they aren't quite that player in small sample sizes, but in Joku, I, I think the underlying thing through all of this has been that Andrew Barry was on board when the Browns traded up. This was at a time when they were not trading up to draft people, especially in the first round. In fact, that was the year they traded away from Deshaun Watson. Uh, they traded up, they gave up assets to go get David and Joku and Andrew Barry was a big part of that. And you almost wonder if maybe Andrew Barry was the guy in that room saying, let's go get this guy. We, we really need him. So they've been pretty steadfast. Like we're not going to trade him. We're not going to let him walk. We're going to franchise him and we're going to do this deal. So if nothing else, the follow through from the Browns going back to 2017 has been pretty solid. Although if Andrew Barry wasn't here as the GM, 
David and Joker probably wouldn't be here. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. And we've obviously talked a lot about Andrew Barry in that 2017 draft class from when he was here, you know, before he left the Browns and then came back in this role he's in currently. So it, it definitely is interesting that you start to kind of question and, you know, at least for me, like, are they seeing a barrage with David Njoku? Like, can he live up to this potential that they think he has? Or do they just kind of get distracted by that because he was a part of this 2017 draft class and they were so enamored with him and they're going to try to make the most out of it. Um, but looking at some of his numbers, you know, to talk about the, the production standpoint, you look at some of these games last season and there were, I think, nine of the 17 games where he got three targets or fewer in these games. So if they are going to, you know, truly treat him as that number one tight end, again, I think it's something that he's going to have to live up to. It's understandable why they think that potential is there, but obviously, you know, you have to, you do wonder like, is that potential a trap potentially for them given their history with him? And you know what, you guys, I, I really truly believe that David Njoku is a true downfield threat. And I don't think he really, again, had the opportunity to live up to that potential with Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball for whatever reason. I actually think he did a fairly decent job with his chemistry with Baker Mayfield, better than some other people had. I mean, he actually had a really nice AFC divisional playoff game against the Chiefs. Uh, And he's capable of making those big plays. He's He's also capable of making that big drop too, right? I mean, we've seen that, but he's gotten better. He has, his hands have gotten better. He's learned how to concentrate and look in the football. In the beginning, we saw a lot of, uh, you know, just very frustrating drops uh, for fans to watch in the early going of his career, but he's worked very, very hard on that. And, uh, and I think, I think he's gotten better. And I think, when he's got Deshaun Watson, once he adjusts to Deshaun Watson throwing the ball uh, and, and figures out exactly, you know, like where he fits in this system now that he's number one, uh, I, I just think it I think it can be dynamite with with Deshaun. But as you guys said, now he's got to do his part. He's got to do his part. He's got to concentrate. It's some we've said this many times before. Sometimes he makes the the most difficult acrobatic catches right he does he'll, he'll do that and it's like wow that was David good for him and then other times he loses that concentration and he drops an easy one uh, so he just has to be consistent he has to be consistent and he has to continue to work on his hands um, but you know think about it I mean he is 25 years old seriously to have five years of of experience and be 25 I mean are you kidding me so uh, yeah I I think I think it's a good deal I don't think it's going to be looking uh like too much money over the next two years when uh these prices start to rise and to give like people an idea of what Mary Kay is talking about in terms of him maybe not being able to show his full potential in excelling with some of these deep passes, which PFF defines deep passes as 20 plus yards. Um, He only got nine targets on those last year. That was the same amount of targets he had when he was behind the line of scrimmage. Like he really hasn't had a lot of uh, chances there. It was only 17% of his targets this past year. 
the largest percentage of his targets was in the short range, which is, which is zero to nine yards. And he caught 20 of those 25 targets. So they're definitely, and I think we've already seen it with Deshaun Watson at OTAs. And I'm really curious to see what it looks like when David gets out there on the field with him. Um, there is the potential, I think, for way more of those explosive vertical plays that we just didn't see last year, given Baker's shoulder. So I'm just, <clears throat> nobody should be surprised by this. I'm just fully in the I'll believe it when I see it camp. Mm-hmm. I just, and, and listen, he's going to look great in OTAs and he's going to look tr- great in training camp. He always does. But I still just, there's something missing there when I've, when I've watched him play. And some of it might be the quarterback. But there's just like when you watch Travis Kelsey and you watch the Kansas City Chiefs and it's third down and seven, you're watching and you're like, oh, my God, how did Travis Kelsey get open on that play? Like, did they just not pay attention to him? Of course they paid attention to him. Of course they they knew to keep an eye on Travis Kelsey, but he figured out a way to get open and get the football. And that's the piece that I think has been missing with David and Joko. I don't see a guy who makes a difference in that way, a guy that just goes and you know, can win at the point of attack, can just constantly, you know, make spectacular catches and just is open all the time. And it just scares defensive coordinators like crazy every single week. And now with this contract, that's, I mean, that's who he needs to be. He can't be the David Njoku of the, of the first five years of his career. He has to take that jump now. And does he have to be Travis Kelsey? No. I mean, Travis Kelsey's a hall of famer. I don't even know that he has to be like George Kittle or like Mark Andrews, right? We watched Mark Andrews in that Monday night game or no Sunday night game, make this incredible circus catch on the ground. Those are the sorts of plays that we just don't see over and over and over again from Njoku, those game changing sorts of plays. So that probably changes a little bit with Deshaun Watson, but some of that's on Njoku too. Like he's got to become that guy. And I have no, look, if somebody wants to pay him this much money, he has to take it. I don't have any issue with him taking this much money. It's just a matter of if the Browns are going to regret giving him this much money or not. Well, yeah. Danny, you've always been the most skeptical uh, about David Njoku amongst us and, and his ability. And I've probably been, uh, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, but you're right. I, I do think that it's show me time. It's prove it time now. I always thought that he had it in him, but you know, now he's, he's really got to go out there and, and he's got to do it. There are no excuses now. It's been a tumultuous ride for him, right? It's been a tumultuous ride because he ended up in Freddie Kitchen's doghouse. He did not want to be here. He wanted to be traded. Um, he asked to be traded. And then even during the season, when, you know, he gave me grief on social media, right around the trade deadline, when I said that he wanted to be traded again, he did want to be traded again at that time. So I told him he owes me an apology for that. And he still does. But I digress. Anyways. um, So yes, he absolutely 100% uh, needs to go out there uh, and, and prove it now that he's going to get the chance to be that guy. You want to be paid like George Kittle, then go out and be George Kittle. Yeah, I've always been like in the camp of you, you are with the market, you're worth what the market says you're worth, right? And this is like, clearly what they've decided to pay him. So automatically he's worth that much money. But yeah, I mean, I don't think that when you're talking about this amount, 
like we said at the top, like, I don't think anyone thinks this is for past performance. Like that would be insane. It's definitely based on, I think that they just think he has that much more room to grow. They like some of the things that he does that maybe don't show up in numbers, in stat sheets. And, and that's all there is to it. But yeah, like Dan says, there's, this is at the point now where he's not a young player anymore. He's young in age, but he has five years of experience it's time to prove that you are worth this amount of money. And he's finally getting his chance to do so. And I will say when you have this much money and you're getting 28 million guaranteed up front, you, you should be able to afford a few more shirts. What do you guys think? Yes. No. No. (laughs) If I looked like David Njoku, I would own no shirts. (laughs) David Njoku is the new king of Cleveland when it comes to being shirtless since J.R. Smith left. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, But, you know, he is, when you're talking about doing things away from the ball, he is a, he's a good blocker. He's He's actually really become, he's He's gotten really better blocker. He's He's really good blocker. When you look at his grades, I mean, that's like one of the things that, that he's improved the most with since he, he was a rookie. Um, Yeah. I do think he's really underrated and valuable in, in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, there, there's something there. It's just a matter of can this Browns coaching staff tap fully into it and can David and Joko unlock it and can Deshaun Watson unlock it? That's right. I mean, maybe that's as easy as this is. It's like, Oh, your quarterback is Deshaun Watson now. So you're going to catch 80 footballs and score eight touchdowns. Like maybe it really is just that simple. It might be that simple, but let's remember Deshaun Watson. I mean, we don't know how many games he's going to play this year. So even if uh, David Njoku does not have Deshaun Watson for the first six, seven, eight games, whatever it's going to be, he still is going to have to go out there and live up to this contract and live up to his first round status. It's all right before him right now. Well, it should be interesting uh, to to see how it all plays out. David Njoku now in the fold. And I think, just sort of big picture, something we've, we've sort of said about Njoku as a prove-it year. That's sort of this entire organization right now, right? I mean, couldn't we say that about, I mean, we could even say that about Deshaun Watson. Like, you haven't played for a few years. Everyone was saying you were a top five quarterback. Now you're in a situation where you can go win. Okay, here's a prove-it year for you. Um, Amari Cooper, prove you're a number one wide receiver. Um, I mean, there's so Kevin many guys. And Kevin Stefanski prove it year um joe woods you know like you were great last year now now let's follow this up and have that top five defense that that you've wanted to have this is sort of like this team is built to go win and go accomplish everything they've wanted to accomplish for a while so this is sort of a prove it year across the board yeah it, it really is it really is and um you know again so much of it depends on whether or not Deshaun Watson is going to be around for, you know, whatever, 10 games, 12 games, four games, six games. It's the big unknown. It's the big unknown in this whole picture. And I think it's going to be a lot harder for everybody to prove it if he misses 10 games or more. Okay. There we go. Our David and Joku emergency podcast, maybe the last David and Joku emergency podcast we'll have to do for a while, which is actually a little bit disappointing because this has sort of become a, a fun little tradition here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're going to have a really long podcast coming for you a little later in the weekend uh, that we recorded earlier today. There was a lot of Mary Kay story time in this <laughs> podcast. And also, 
I actually might have spoken this contract extension into existence. No, not might have. You did. I, yeah, I might, I might have mentioned that, hey, it's a holiday weekend and as football writers, we might need to take it easy during these spring holiday weekends. But um, so there you go. Rookie move. I do a lot of those. All the Ashley was just saying before we started that I'm always like in the press box saying like, oh, this game's really moving fast. And like, <laughs> yeah. you never say that. Then we're getting well, out at 4 a.m. like like normal. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was it's funny because, uh, you know, we do our um, texts to our our paid tech subscribers. And this afternoon I was like, you know, I really want to text a few things. And I was sitting there getting ready to text that here we are heading into the weekend. It's late Friday afternoon. Um, and I was going to say, um, at this point, I don't know that anything is imminent. And then I erased every word that I had in there. And I said, no, mm-mm, you are not doing that. It's Friday afternoon on a holiday weekend and something is going to happen. So I rewrote my whole text and I talked about, uh, you know, that, that I didn't think that the Deshaun Watson decision was imminent. Uh, but everything else, I like I took David out of there. I took Baker Mayfield out of there. And I'm like, no, 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 you're jinxing this. Do not do this. There's that spidey sense. Always on pins and needles. Yes. <laughs> All right. There we go. Our David and Joe Go Emergency Podcast. Uh, Mary Kay and Ashley, thanks for jumping on and doing this. <laughs>